All right, darling, I have some questions. Sure, shoot. So we're about to start covering Secret Invasion. And before I start reading, I, I want to know who's a scroll. It's already confusing enough with all these imposters. Let's just get their identities right out of the way. Yeah, sure. I've got a master list right here. You just fire away, dear. Jarvis. Skrull. Okay, makes sense. Good inside betrayal. I don't really want to know this one, but Spider Woman? Skrull. Oh, I don't like that. Well, she's the queen, at least. Uh, Spider Woman was already a queen, dear. Okay, how about Mockingbird? That's a bit more complicated. <sighs> okay, um, Kermit the Frog. Skrull. It was super easy because he was already green. David Bowie. Nah, human. Science fiction author Ray Bradbury. Human, then replaced by a scroll, then human again. Our male lady. Human. She's frankly perfect. We know that. You? Scrawl. No! Just kidding. Okay. Okay. Um, me? Human. Yeah, of course. He suspects nothing. What's that, dear? I said let's start the podcast. Oh, sure. Let's talk about comics. <laughs> yes. I'm Christina Edelman. And I'm Chris Edelman. And this is Chris's on Infinite Earths. The podcast where nothing will ever be the same. Welcome, readers, to part one of two of our secret invasion coverage. Yes, we're going. Our, our Bendisathon is uh, is nearing its conclusion. No, there's more. Never mind. There's definitely more. I thought the secret <laughs> invasion. I thought the secret invasion would fill in the last thing before siege, but then I remember siege isn't really the last Bendis crossover either. Okay. I think the last one's technically Avengers versus X Men. Well, we, we've done that. No. Wait, we haven't? You've read that. I've... Okay. We didn't cover it on the... No. I read a thing we didn't cover on the podcast? Yeah, and I don't remember why. I don't either. <laughs> it's not good, so I don't know why you were reading it. Oh, no. I read it because I was reading the whole Wolverine and the X-Men That's run. right. And That's you decided right. you needed the And I was like, I context. can't just read the tie-ins. I have to read the event. And you're like, well, we'll eventually cover it. There we go. There we go. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's right. why I read an event that was not for this podcast. Yep. Got there. Yep. Got there. Wow. I'm so proud of myself. It's like I, it's like I did homework in advance. You did advance homework. I did advance homework. Call of Duty, advance homework. <laughs> you know, there was one year I did all 12 book reports for the entire school year in September. Uh, of course you did. Mm-hmm. Of course you did. Oh, that pains me. <laughs> <laughs> you could have been doing so many other things. Yeah, but then I was all caught up. And then the book reports I did after that were extra credit. You did extra credit too, but you probably got 100 on all your book reports anyway. I don't know, maybe. Uh, <laughs> I feel like um, you didn't get in, into enough trouble as like a little kid, and you should have gotten in more little kid trouble. Why? <laughs> How do you think that affects my big kid self? I don't know. <laughs> it explains a lot, though. Uh, well, 
One thing that doesn't need explaining is how great our patrons are. (laughs) (laughs) A perfect segue. And we have a new one this week. So we would like to thank Greg Packnett, who joined our Patreon. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Greg. If you would like to be like Greg and all of our other fabulous patrons. Which you should. Which you should. You should go to um, our Patreon link in the show notes and uh, chip in some, some dollars every month and we get some cool rewards going, including things like making us choose a crossover. Mm-hmm. Or n- giving us an accolade that is permanent part of the show forever and ever. Forever and ever. Until the heat death of the universe, <laughs> which is... You know, we don't, we'll, we'll even, you know, do what you tell us to if you're scrolls and you give us money. <laughs> Scroll money spends just the same. <laughs> and now, speaking of scrolls, are we ready to get into the summary? I think we are. Man, two segues in a row. You are, you are just. I was really hamming that one up for you because I needed that praise, that feedback. So thank you. Uh, Friends, Christy actually came in here on the popular two-wheeled handled vehicle known as a Segway, so I really should have expected this. Summary. Secret Invasion 1 through 4. Written by Brian Michael Bendis, penciled by Laniel Francis Yu, inked by Mark Morales, colored by Laura Martin and Emily Warren, lettered by the juggernaut Chris Eliopoulos, and edited by Tom Bravord. Issue 1. We start off with a quick flashback of the Queen of the Scrolls speaking with her people, referencing a mysterious plan in the fallout of their homeworld being destroyed by Galactus. Then it's time for the present, where Tony Stark, Reed Richards, and Hank Pym are examining a Skrull corpse, who in life was posing as the ninja assassin known as Elektra. The Skrulls have found a way to completely disguise themselves in ways that our heroes can't detect. Dum Dum Duggan and other S.H.I.E.L.D. folk are touring the satellite base of S.W.O.R.D. when suddenly a Skrull ship zooms into atmosphere, crash-landing in the Savage Land. Tony is alerted by Maria Hill, and he and the Mighty Avengers, remember we are still in Civil War territory, and there are two teams of Avengers, get ready to take the Quinjet. However, Double Agent Spider-Woman alerts the renegade New Avengers who use Cloak's teleport to help steal the Quinjet and head to the Savage Land. After crash landing, courtesy of a dinosaur, the New Avengers head to the crashed Skrull ship, but are intercepted by Stark and his Avengers. Well... Things start getting wild. Luke Cage pries the ship open and tons of 70s versions of heroes pop out. Folks are revealed as scrolls all over the place. Jarvis is a scroll and uploads a virus into Avengers Tower, which causes Tony to start to have seizures and Maria Hill's helicarrier to begin to crash. Dum Dum Duggan is a scroll and blows up the sword base, leaving the survivors floating in little emergency bubbles. An entire scroll armada invades. A scroll who just now poses as Fantastic Four member Sue Storm opens up the Negative Zone portal, which just starts sucking in the entire Baxter building. Captain Marvel, yes, Marvel, the dead one, attacks the Thunderbolts. And in Stark's lab, Reed figures out how the scrolls disguise themselves, only for him to be shot in the face by a beam from a scroll Hank Pym. Issue 2. 
Big events mean big fights as the 70s crashed heroes who insist they're the real ones fight our current day heroes. The sentry is taken out by his own insecurities and fears. Miss Marvel flies Iron Man away to an old mutate laboratory where he tries to start fixing his armor. Miss Marvel flies back to New York City to gather some folks. A dinosaur stomps a bunch of heroes and surprise surprise the 70s heroes are scrawl imposters. Except for possibly Mockingbird, after Scroll Hawkeye dies, Clint asks her a question only she would know, which convinces him it's the real Mockingbird who has been presumed dead for years. Mockingbird also insists that the cap with them is the real Captain America, which would be news considering the theoretically real one is dead. The Young Avengers are in Manhattan, where they witness the Skrull Armada invading, with an army of new Super Skrulls ready to fight. Oh no! Issue number three. Maria Hill's shield helicarrier floats in the Bermuda Triangle, where weird things do begin to happen. Okay, the only weird thing is the Jarvis Skrull showing up and demanding the unconditional surrender of the Earth. At Thunderbolt's Mountain, Captain Marvel, maybe, is beating up those poor villains, but their leader, Norman Osborn, offers to chat with Marvell since he seems a bit out of character. Hank Pym, the Yellow Jacket, you know, a Skrull, mobilizes the initiative to fight the Super Skrulls in New York. They arrive just in time to help the very outclassed Young Avengers. In the Savage Land, Echo is attacked by Jessica Drew. Echo is like, what the heck, Jess? I'm not a scroll. Jessica blasts her with an, I know. Holy heck. Spider-Woman Skrull sneaks into Tony's cave and tries to convince him that he is, in fact, the greatest of all scroll warriors and that he'll be remembered forever. He insists that he's not a scroll, but is mega feverish and confused. Then the scroll reveals she is Queen Veronke, the scroll leader, before giving Tony a smooch. And in Times Square, the initiative is getting hammered by the Skrull forces, almost as if this was planned. They kill poor Proton, a character we've never heard of, and poor Vision, a character we've definitely heard of. But then several of the Super Skrulls explode as Nick Fury and his new group of Howling Commandos arrive. Also, it is super important to note that Fury has a ridiculously huge gun. It's completely bananas. Issue 4. Reed Richards is being imprisoned and tortured on a scroll ship, while the sentry flees the planet and the poor sword folks are still floating in little bubbles in space. In Times Square, the Howling Commandos rescue the remaining heroes and peace out, but not before shooting the arriving Miss Marvel with a laser gun because they thought she was a scroll. She is mobbed by Super Skrulls. Oh, no! Back in the Savage Land, Black Widow takes out a couple of Skrull imposters, causing Queen Varanke to flee. She talks Tony out of his confusion and gives him a shot of adrenaline. Wolverine soon joins them, and they decide they need Reed Richards. But dude is in space. Come on! Agent Brand of S.W.O.R.D. manages to break into a Skrull ship, but is quickly surrounded by its inhabitants. The criminals, led by the Hood, decide they need to assist, because a subjugated Earth is bad for business. And in Manhattan, the Skrulls are suddenly struck by a lightning bolt, as a man with a hammer descends from the sky, watched by a man carrying a familiar shield. So, Christy, thoughts? Thoughts on these four issues? This is our first crossover mm -hmm. with... Lanille Francis U art. 
who uh, his most recent work has been on the main X-Men title here in 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I talked a little bit about on, on, on Twitter about uh, some some questionable things in the art that might have been shading, might have been a weird interpretation of how stitch marks might look. Uh, right. But other than that, like, that, that's real nitpicky. Like, you read it and that didn't jump out to you at all. I feel like I enjoyed his art on this crossover more than I have in his recent stuff. And it could be nostalgia because I have something to confess. Secret Invasion number one is probably like the second or third comic I bought uh, when I started getting into comics. Mm. Now, granted, my parents bought some when I was like a little kid. But like when I was like, I'm going to get into comics right and proper. And, and you, you went and you bought it with your own money from the shop? Well, I tried- Was it from a garage sale or nothing? I tried to buy it from one shop. There were two shops in my hometown. And one of them was like just a pure comic shop. Mm-hmm. And one of them was a comic shop slash old horror movie shop, which you, f- you, I had always felt like the old horror movie shop was just like, was like, like, I don't know like a parasite on the comic book shop because like, there's no way that they could have survived by themselves. I have nothing against old horror movies, but that's like, that's too niche to live, right? Like you Mm -hmm. cannot make an old horror Mm -hmm. movie shop, especially in a small, well, a a good sized rural town, but like the place couldn't support like more than one Thai restaurant. So like (laughs) (laughs) the, the, (laughs) and the person who ran it most days was the person who only cared about horror movies. I know I've, I've, I've heard about this shop. And it drove me crazy because I was like, I want to get started reading comics. And he's like, well, they're on the shelf. And I'm like, wow, I'm never coming back again. Can can I also make a confession? Yes. I've actually never gone into a comic shop and said, I want to buy a comic and bought one all on my own. Oh, yeah. I know you definitely haven't. <laughs> it's like, hey, Chris, put this on the pull list. Or I walk in and say, hi, I'm here for my husband's pull list. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Would you? Are you feeling like you're missing out on an experience? Uh, maybe not an experience that I want to have. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, it. It. I'm in there so much because I work near there. It, it would seem. It would seem silly, but I don't know. No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it doesn't, it's fine. doesn't sound like it's fine. <laughs> Do you need to go to the comic book store and buy a comic? I. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Is this saying something about the com- about comic book stores? Um, I don't know. Like, it took a long time of us playing Magic before I was like, I'm going to go into the shop by myself and play Magic. That's true. That's very true. It, it's just, it's not a, it's not a comfy place for, for me to be. Maybe that's a woman thing, or maybe it's just a me thing. I don't know. I mean, the, sh- the, the comic book shop that we go to mm-hmm. is, is well known as, like, one of the more welcoming ones in the area. Mm-hmm. I mean, I never had a bad experience there. No, no, no. I, 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 I just, I, I, I think I, I understand because I'm already like, you know, no one's, no one's specifically been like, yuck, a girl in the comic book shop or anything when I've been there or when you've been there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's I, I get it though. I was, I, I mean, very unlikely to the extent of you, but I was so uncomfortable going in that first shop and like attempting to talk because. Comics are weird, right? Like, those right. of you who are listening who don't actually pick up comics on a monthly basis from a comic book store, it is the strangest way to buy anything. And when I finally figured it out, I thought it was novel and cool and not, like, completely horrifying, which is maybe what it actually is. <laughs> like, it's nice that you get everything that you want and you don't have to, like, rush and go get it. 
But if you don't want, if you don't pick something up way in advance, you might just not get it. Yeah. And that's wild. People who do not know, you have to pre-order comic books for the most part. So you generally go to a store that is your store. You do not go to multiple stores necessarily. Mm-mm. You go to one store. That's your store. You have a list there that you keep of, of like a running list that you add or drop titles from. And every week they come in and they like have them, have them there for you ready to pick up. But if you don't put one on your list, most comics aren't returnable. So they just, for us, for smaller titles especially, they just won't order extras because that's, that's just wasted money for them. Right. And, uh, so you just might not get it. Yeah. It seems like, you know, I, I think I want comic stores to do, do well, but like if the pull list system is going to be what it is, why doesn't it just, why can't you just get it all to come right to your house if you're going to pick out what you want and, just go in and pick it up. Like, well, some people do that, but it doesn't come on that Wednesday and they want it now. Well, I feel like it would just be, I don't know. I don't know. I can't walk into a comic book store and, and go and just pick it out and, and buy it. I can't do no, it. No, you can't. It, it, it's weird. I think that's why a lot of people are into trades because you can do that with trades. Right. And like, why wouldn't you? They just, they like, in some ways they're just like way nicer. Mm-hmm. We are very off topic very from off topic. Invasion. Um, I loved Secret Invasion when it came out, especially the, this number one. I thought it was so cool. Who's the scroll? It could be anybody. Right. And a lot of people talk about how it's really confusing to get into comics if you just like pick up, specifically big two comics, DC mm-hmm. and Marvel, because if you just pick up a random issue, there's like decades of continuity. And I am just weird because I picked it up and I'm like, who are all these people? I kind of know some of them. This is cool. I just feel like I'm jumping into something where there's just so like, it's just like such a deep pool to explore. I mean, yeah, there are a lot of, I mean, I, I guess there's always a lot of teams, but there are a lot of teams in this whole era of divided, like heroes and villains on teams. Right. And- so, so we have the like official government sponsored Avengers that mm-hmm. are like, that are, Post-Civil War, they've all registered or whatever. And we have the underground group who the opposing teams are led by Iron Man and Luke Cage, respectively, mm-hmm. uh, because Captain America is, is, is dead. Right. Uh, after This took place after World War Hulk, mm-hmm. crossover-wise. So it was like Civil War, World War Hulk, Secret Invasion. I, I really had problems saying World, World War. <laughs> <laughs> Can we do it five times fast? No. <laughs> World War Hulk. World, no, I can't. World I, War Hulk. World War yeah. <laughs> Two. It's you, really you, hard. Yeah. Readers, we're going to pause right now and just leave in like 30 seconds of silence for you to try. What if it's 30 seconds of the song Spanish Flea? Or maybe just me doing Spanish Flea for 30 seconds? No one wants go, that. Go. 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 I was waiting for you to do the song. <laughs> I don't know if I could do Spanish Flea for 30 seconds. <laughs> man that is really tough though this i just so i don't know why but this one just completely blew me away and i like looking back on it it is not anything particularly special it is like a totally serviceable crossover Mm -hmm. Um, i don't think it's egregious i do think some of the politics are weird because this came out in like 2008 and they're like there's people among you who are trying to like destabilize the state or whatever and the it, it just it seemed very like 
Who can you trust? Yeah, like there's terrorists places and it's just it's a little eye rolling. I don't know if that was the that was the intent. It's definitely not as bad as some events that we've read and covered on this podcast in terms of uh <laughs> that tone. Oh, you mean like Secret War? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. There are Secret War characters in this though. You get Quake, who is now hanging out with Nick Fury and then Nick Fury himself. Mm-hmm. Boy, that reveal didn't do anything for me, though, the first time I read it. I mean, it was cool because I was like, who is it? And I'm like, oh, it's Nick Fury. I remember him from, I don't know, I think he was on Spider-Man when I was a kid or something. Mm -hmm. But then I'm like, who are all these kids? (laughs) But they're revealed in all the tie-ins, like where he picked them up from. Oh, crap, there's tie-ins and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't read them. No, you did not read them. I didn't even think about reading them. Uh, We, we, we've been very busy. (laughs) Yes, yes, readers, I, as we record this when the, this podcast goes up i will have hopefully finished my first week at, at school all right and uh let me tell you it's stressful times for teachers but oh i apologize i didn't read all the tie-ins it's okay christy i mm, um i feel like i've let you down readers there's some terrible ones and there's some great ones that um, is the case with every event that with tie-ins yeah i i bought all these tie-ins i bought every single one oh <sighs> Because I was excited about comics no, and I was getting I've into heard, it. I've heard you tell this story and now I'm connecting it with like the the event. It's like when you've heard so much about a person and then you finally see them and it, it just got to merge. Yeah. It and yeah. So this is this was the one. That was the one. This is the only one I've ever bought all the tie-ins for. <laughs> I feel like it's like meeting one of your ex-girlfriends or something. <laughs> You're like, so this was this was it, huh? Like Secret Invasion <laughs> Spider-Man. That wasn't even the main title, was it? They, they made a mini, so it w- because the main title was so too popular, they didn't want it to interfere. <laughs> you bought this? This is what did it for you, huh? <laughs> the Black Panther tie-in, great. It's it's incredible. It's Black Panther. Um, he's like figuring out the defense of Wakanda, and he's like always ahead, and it's mm. super cool. Boy, the X Men ones were not good. I don't remember them being very good at all. Although Darwin, who's who has the ability to adapt. He's like, well, if these were scrolls, wouldn't I adapt an ability or an ability to see them? And then he ad- like immediately adapts an ability to see them and sees them as scrolls. And he's like, oh no. <laughs> um, what? What did some of the? What are the other like really good times? Oh, Hercules is really good because Hercules gets a team of Earth Pantheon gods. So like gods from like all the world's religions, and they go fight the scroll gods. Oh man. It rules. And they did that in a non-problematic way? Uh well the scroll gods are just like I mean they're made up whole cloth. Okay. No, I mean you're like the 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 human gods from all different religions. I mean, I don't I like I, I don't think he picked anything particularly problematic, but I don't know. Um I think it was it was like Greek and Roman. Oh, okay. Um but okay. also I'm trying to think there was one. Remember the the Lord of Chaos, who's like um, Akaboshi. Oh yeah, he is one of them. So that, okay. that is that's like a really old Japanese deity, like a, mm-hmm. sort of a proto deity. I don't know if that's problematic or not. Okay, it might be. so not like currently worshipped deities. I don't think so. Okay, I mean, okay, but I I'm, I'm not a hundred percent. But I just remember it being super cool, and it was it. Remember how you read the the Hulk tie-ins and you were like, "This is better than the World War Hulk event." Yeah, by Greg Pak. Uh huh. Same run, so it's oh. it's, it's like Amadeus chose with them and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a really good time. Man, can I read them before next next podcast? 
I don't know. I can tell you ones you can definitely skip and just recommend good ones or like necessary ones. Wait, are you telling me that for this podcast, I can read just good things? <laughs> Not bad things. I mean, just good, good things, no bad things. Good is a relative term. They're all still tie-ins, right? You know, we're not reading we're not reading Fun Home or something. <laughs> Chris, this is a revelation. <laughs> <laughs> Did you um Another another thing before we, we get too much further into this podcast that has about 20 minutes left. Um, this was seeded in New Avengers. They are literally on a completely different storyline fighting the hand. And one of them, like, I think I think it was Echo, who is kind of a new character to you. Echo mm-hmm. is a Bendis darling created by Bendis. She shows up in a lot of his stuff. She mm-hmm. is one of the only deaf superheroes and one of the only Native American superheroes. Oh, I totally didn't even pick up that she was deaf i think she reads lips okay i mean it's in a in a visual medium if if she's not doing like sign language like i don't know and you might not necessarily know and then like electra is just suddenly a scroll and it's like in the middle of like a a comic where you have no idea that's going to happen so it like is completely blindsiding so it was literally seated in like random issue which i think they're a little gun shy about doing these days like having some like new storyline just pop up like as a seed in in like a random sort yes. of thing. A lot of seeds. We are need like, to have a road to something, right? Issue and like, and... in the case of Empire, they had to start it in Incoming. In Incoming's pitch or whatever for that one shot was like, mm-hmm. this is where things are going in 2020. Like they had to make it incredibly super obvious. And a part of me really thinks it's cool that it was almost like something where they're like. You, if you didn't read the issue, is something you'd have to like, kind of almost discover in like forums or, I mean, I don't think did Twitter exist in two thousand eight. It, it was it was baby, but it was I baby. think. But like things like that, where like oh, like like re- reading New Avengers forty seven or whatever, like Electra was a scroll, and it turns out there might be like a ton of them. And see, maybe this is why comic books were or comic book shops were so foundational. Like, where were you going to go to talk to people about this stuff you without are- the internet? One hundred and ten percent correct. It was it they it was they like created like a subculture on purpose. Oh, yeah. Because if you just went in and bought your your comics at a bookstore, you no guarantee you're like going to be able to chat with somebody about them. Right. Like, and I I think that's why conventions developed. Like, because there was no other way to do it. The world before the internet. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. It's just, I feel like even, even us who like we had the internet, but it, the internet wasn't good till we were teenagers. Mm-hmm. Like the early internet wasn't, was like painfully slow and everything. Like right. images would take two minutes to load and stuff. I think that's why everybody used mostly like text-based stuff. Right. But now if I even like vaguely post that I, there is something that I, I don't know or doesn't make sense to me in a comic, I will get very many replies <laughs> explaining to me exactly what I was wondering about, and m- many times things I wasn't. Right. But this is like, <laughs> did you ever feel when you were a kid that you were the like the only fan of something? No. Oh, okay. You, you I mean, not, you didn't like think <laughs> no one else. Like, I was super into Pokemon, but I knew about it before it came out in America because of like magazines and stuff. And no one else knew about it. So I just felt like I was like my own little island. No, I was a follower, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> not Christy, not a <laughs> I was not. Well, there, there's got to be books that you read where you were like, oh, like, I can't talk to anybody about this. And I really want to talk to somebody about this book. I mean, 
I read Lord of the Rings before all my friend or any of my friends See? did. See? My parents gave them to me for Christmas when I was like 12, yeah. 13. So you, you had to preempt the movies. Mm-hmm, I did. And when the movies came out, I made all of my girlfriends go to see it. And none of them had read any of the books or knew at all what they were getting into. Uh, <laughs> so I guess that was that was the time. Sometimes I forget that you were like you were like a, a real like Lord of the Rings geek before you were an anything else geek. Yeah. Yeah. Chron- Chronicles of Narnia, I think, was like sure. Yeah. I think a lot of people read Chronicles right. of Narnia. But I, I feel like some friendships when you're really young, you're like, we have a vague interest. <laughs> <laughs> readers he he pulled you close I pulled to you, him I pulled you all close <laughs> so this is this series is kind of another example of decompression mm-hmm. and, and also an example of what at the time was termed widescreen comics oh, it's just so frustrating to read on your tablet right like on my tablet i'm like do i just turn it to the side do i do panel by panel because i mean i feel like when we read a lot of the older stuff, when you got to something that was like a two-page spread, it was like a really cool moment. And then like reading this, it's like three like pages, sets of pages back to back. And I'm like, okay, that's enough. Yeah. Come on. They do they do it a lot. And it makes the comic read super quick as a result. Because it, sometimes Brian Michael Bendis throws a lot of dialogue in his two-page spreads. And sometimes he just doesn't. And I feel like in this, a lot of it was kind of the latter. That's not to say that we didn't get some cool images, but it was definitely like it felt pretty breezy. Like it was, mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a brisk read. It's, it was super frustrating to read it when it was coming out because I would like blaze through it and I would end up reading each issue like two or three times and even mm-hmm. like going back and grabbing them and reading them because it took place over eight months. Oh, I think it was. It started in started in May and I think it was over in November. And it was like starting to get cold when the summer crossover finally ended. And it felt like it was just never not going to be secret invasion time. I think they tend to kind of speed up, speed them up these days. Mm-hmm. Um, Empire was supposed to be, I think, two months. It ends up, it's, it's not going to be like one month, but. I'm not going to lie to you. Going through and recording that summary, like I was reading lines and I was like, oh, this was the thing that happened in the book. Like, not not like questioning your summary abilities, just like, I feel like I really did. Every time I re- read them, like, I breezed through them so fast that there were so many things that I missed, mm-hmm. uh, which, I mean, I think is just reflective of less dialogue means less time engaging with each page. And right, so which, some- even when there's a lot to be gleaned from the art, you tend to just gloss over that. Right, which I think some readers are probably yelling at us, and you should be staring at the art longer, and we probably should. But I'm I'm not always good about it either. No, I'm no, I'm not. I mean, I, I mean that's a that's a skill. I feel like that. I guess. Well, and I think in some ways you can you can appreciate like a comics page composition, mm-hmm. but a double page spread does not have like panel composition. It's it's just one big picture, and you can look at everything in the picture. You can see how it's laid out, how the colors are. You know, how, how, how the, the pencils and the inks work together mm-hmm. and everything. But I think a lot of times, like just a really cool crafted page with lots of different panels, but they're put together in a unique way is almost kind of more interesting and more I mean, engaging it, to read. It guides your attention and it keeps mm-hmm. you like focused on what you're supposed to be looking at. Whereas something big like that, I mean, 
if it's well done, it does draw your focus throughout and and direct your attention where it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But if it if it's not, it's like, oh, well, that's pretty. Let's read what it says and kind of get an idea of what's go- going on on the page and, and turn the page. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's more challenging for those um, like two, double, sp- double page spreads to be effective storytelling. Yeah. Especially when you're switching back and forth between two types, you know, expecting your eye to be guided in a way that it's suddenly not, which I guess is a neat way to, to break up your read. But it, I think they're supposed to sort of serve almost like chapter ends or like, even like in a smaller metaphor, like, like the period at the end of a sentence. And I like that mm-hmm. when it does it that way, but like three of them back to back is not a, no, it's, it's not. not an end. It's just I'm like, oh, okay, another one. Well, I don't even think Brian Michael Bendis does them as much now. It was very of the time. Right. Um, it kind of started in The Authority, which was a comic that was just Brian Hitch drew it. Um, they did so many that was just boom, boom, one after another. It's the emo bangs of comics. Yeah, that's, kind of, that's, <laughs> that's about true. They just wanted things to look like a TV screen or like a theater screen. With like wide right. sh- and the like shorter, shorter height, but it is frustrating to read on a tablet. Like clearly, well, I mean, clearly they weren't thinking about it at the time. Mm-hmm. This is why some people have those like premium super iPads that I- that are like yay big. And so when you turn it to the side to read a double page spread, it actually looks pretty decent. You know, whatever, whatever floats your boat there. Yep. Whatever you've got the cash to yeah, spend you, on. You sink $1,500 into a tablet, whatever. <laughs> I'm sure they're not that much. I don't know. How did you feel about the scrolls tactic of, so the like simultaneous hit of everything at the end of issue one, I thought was cool. But then it started to get weird when they're like, the tactic is we are them. And then, like, look, we are all going to appear as the ex- these exact heroes, and they're going to wonder if they were scrolls the entire time. And then, like, Spider Woman continues it with, like, I'm going to make I'm going to make up a name for Tony Stark as a scroll warrior and convince him that he's a scroll, and then I'm going to get real hot. <laughs> <laughs> like, how did how, did that work for you? Um, I mean, it might have worked on me, um, but. <laughs> Are you saying if Jessica Drew, like, cozied up to you and tried to convince you that you were a scroll? Uh, yes. <laughs> sure, whatever you want. Um, I mean, it, it was kind of... I, I, I'm always all for, like, women using their sexuality in an empowering way, but, like, empowering, manipulative way, but I also don't like Tony Stark... So I have a lot of mixed feelings here. You're like, Tony Stark should never get a kiss from anyone. <laughs> well, and it, it gets a little, like, kind of eye-rolly with, with Spider-Woman anyway, because she has, like, pheromone powers. And, like, there's, like, oh, issues where yeah. it's, like, guys are like, woo, she's real hot and stuff. And she, like, just gets uncomfortable about it. And you're like, okay. This wasn't that, because she has... She is literally a scroll, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she and uh, you find out she has been a scroll like the entire run of New Avengers. Yeah, I people people love to tell me. Well, hey, hey. <laughs> this was the point where she, she was she was the scroll here. She was a scroll the whole time. Uh huh. You can't when you read that. That's not even her. <laughs> <laughs> 
the the fact that that reveal was at the end of an issue that was like killer for me reading it because I'm like, what if Tony Stark is a scroll? I just watched him in a movie. He's so cool. <laughs> Oh, you're so cute. I was, uh, I was, I was, I was like the quintessential 20 year old, uh, like non threatening white, white guy comic fan. Like, readers, he was so cute. (laughs) (laughs) You're, you're you're younger than me. (laughs) You're very, you're being very diminutive with your, I'm thinking about little, or not little you, but like young you just before we met. Mm hmm. Like I'd seen you. Yeah. No, I remember you when you were. <laughs> yeah, you probably would have seen me when mm-hmm. I was twenty. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Readers, we had a class together. Yep. I think we've said this before. This is a story everyone's heard. I don't know. Every every podcast could be somebody's first podcast. <laughs> okay, Christy Shooter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is why when people say like when we're like you can you can just listen to any. Any episode, you know, just pick up any one. And they're like, and like, but you have continuity. And I'm like, what? We have continuity. Yeah, we kind of do in we some ways. We kind of do. Yeah. Just happens. Just happens. I mean, the cold opens. The cold opens kind of have continuity have sometimes. Pretty intense continuity. <laughs> <laughs> pretty intense continuity, indeed. Uh, but yes, uh, I, Christy and I were in the same class. I really blew it off. She was a real know-it-all. And uh, we both sort of had semi-negative opinions of each other, I think. Yeah. I thought you were very cute, but I was in a relationship with somebody, and so it was a lot of turmoil. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, I, I was really cute, and you should have been in turmoil. <laughs> uh, but I, I, there, there were things about it that worked for me and then things I was just like, eh, like you get, it's hard to decide whether or not I, I love or hate the whole using your, your sexuality to manipulate men. Like, I don't know. Sometimes I'm all for it. And sometimes I'm like, that, that hits kind of weird. It's hard to nail. Yeah. I, I think that context is king. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Sexy scroll trying to seduce you. There you go. It's fun. <laughs> <You know. laughs> it's, it's it's what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, I like that this was the time period where Tony had extremists, which was like the armor was like kept under his skin or whatever. Oh, and I'm it, like, it would, it I kept like wondering, why didn't he take the darn thing off? <laughs> well, it was it, it, it was like it was coded to him. Okay. And it, it was the extremist armor. But, um, which is yes. Yeah. Now it now that makes sense why he didn't take it off. I'm like, what did he did he not have on clean underwear? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I go commando under this and no one can see me. <laughs> I'd rather have seizures until I can build new clothes. <laughs> Tony Stark isn't never nude. <laughs> we all know that under that armor, there's just a pair of cut off shorts. <laughs> I've built literally dozens of armor. Literally dozens. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about Arrested Development now. <laughs> a, a Marvel version of Arrested Development where there's like a weird... If Tony Stark had an actual family, it would work perfectly. Yeah, yeah, you know. Because he's kind of a goober. It's a banana. How much could it cost, Tony? Ten dollars? Ten dollars. Uh... This also, this had a lot of my favorite tropes. Like if you, um, this is a, all credit to Jay and Miles for pointing this out to me for the first time. No one ever like flies to the savage land and like lands a plane. 
you, you crash always, <laughs> you always crash the place is just littered with down aircraft uh i'm trying to remember if i don't i don't think squirrel girl ca- crashed when she went to the savage land no i think they 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 had a they, nice tour uh-huh yeah so mm-hmm. that's true mm-hmm. in fact when i read that i was like what <laughs> they didn't crash they didn't crash what is this i don't understand <laughs> <laughs> but so that that got to happen uh we got to see agent brand who i i used to have a crush on because she had cool green hair oh yeah she yeah. it's because she's part alien i think of course yep she also had green skin too didn't she maybe was tinted it, like yeah i mean it, she always wears sunglasses i think she has weird eyes too oh but i can't remember they're like lizard eyes i don't think they're like lizard eyes I'm trying to. You're trying to. You're trying to use your third <laughs> eyelid, but you do not have one. <laughs> Having a lot of fun. Here. Too much fun. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But I mean, in general, uh, this is literally like this. All felt like setup, but it and I like that we split it in half because I think the end was really cool. Where we get like, boy, what are they gonna do? Like Tony's like, like trying to crank out some armor in the savage land mm-hmm. and everybody else is like oh, i don't know what we got here we got the power of tony's brain and, yeah and wolverine's uh, like i am just a man with knives for hands and black widow is like i have two entire guns and i've already <laughs> used like half of the ammo and hawkeye's like is this my wife <laughs> boy she's a real she's a real looker i did couldn't remember <laughs> It's good times. It's good times. I'm excited to see where it goes. I, I feel like the second half of this will really determine whether or not I love or hate this as an event. Right. It is important to note the Thor in this, he had been dead for like nine years in publishing time. Oh, okay. Or something like that. Um, and this was, this was when he came back and they like settled in Oklahoma. Oh, oh, yes. okay. And the cap is Bucky. <laughs> Oh, mm-hmm. right, right. For a while, Bucky was Cap. Right, all right. He had the shield and a gun. People were like, why does he need a gun? And he would just shoot people in the kneecaps. And they'd be like, well, there you go. That, that's why he's a gun. That's why he's got a gun for knee, for kneecapping. <laughs> all right. So are we ready to move on into our accolades? Yeah, let's do it. Accolades. Christy, what is your best line? Uh, my best line comes uh, from Scroll Jarvis. Uh, oh, okay. I, I just really like the line of, I was wondering if you'd be ever so kind as to offer us your full and total surrender. It's very good. <laughs> I like that Scroll Jarvis like can't turn it off. Right. He's like, I still have to be polite. I've been this way for so long. I know no other way. I know no other way. Mine is like, it just seems weird out of context. It's from Wolverine. He goes, carrot sticks! Ah! <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't remember the context of this line. Black Widow was asking him what the password was after shooting him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> it's pretty good. So, all right. Uh, <laughs> uh, who was uh, your greatest hero? This was tough because they're just getting beat up this whole time. Yes. Um, I mean, you have things like the sentry who you could tell that like at some point they just didn't know what to do with the sentry. So they just found ways to take him out of every crossover. Right. Cause he, he could stop the whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't remember why he wasn't in civil war. I think it was just like, he's not here. <laughs> so I said black widow because she's the one who like broke Tony Stark out of that. And is like, she basically gave him like the equivalent of like the cartoon, like slapping someone a bunch of times and say, get a hold of yourself. We've got, 
A daily double. Hit, Hit it, Matt, Matt D. D. Wilson. Because <laughs> uh, everybody else is getting beat up, and she's like, hey, Tony, Tony, you need to eat, buck up, buddy. Here, here's some adrenaline. Yep. And uh, doesn't matter if you're a scroll, if you want to help us beat him. Help us beat him. Right. Although, <laughs> boy, she says the very heroic line of, do you want... Do you want to kill us or kill Skrulls? And he's like, kill Skrulls. Like, Yikes. The Skrulls are extra mean in this. They break a kid's neck. Oh, they did? I meant... Proton. The, the Oh, 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 yes. He's yes. an initiative member. I thought you just meant like a, a passerby. And I'm no. like, I, I know like they a- do want to occupy the earth and subjugate the human race, but mm-hmm. I didn't know that they wanted to kill kids. Yeah. <laughs> Where I draw the line. Where I draw the line. <laughs> Um, what is, well, I guess I will say my coolest moment and then bring it. No, you can say your coolest moment. All right. Uh, well, my coolest moment, uh, I, I just thought looked super fun and kind of nasty on the page. Uh, when scroll Hank Pym, uh, shoots Reed Richards and he just goes all like stringy, stringy and warbly all over the room. And then we get that transition of, oh, he was a scroll. Yeah. Um, it's weird because I, what, some of my critiques of Lanille Francis Yu, especially recently, is I feel like a lot of his, his art, does, when I read it, it doesn't feel like it's in motion. Mm-hmm. But this was like, so like, I feel like I could see it. Right. And I, it was, uh, no, I love, I thought that panel was super cool. I did not pick it as my coolest moment, but it was like, it is gnarly. Oh yeah. Like his teeth and like eyeball popping out of his socket. And people don't talk about the fact that if Reed Richards existed, he could do some real body horror stuff. I think people do talk about it and, uh, or at least the people that we talk to talk about it. Um, maybe too much, maybe too much detail. Yep. <laughs> too much thought has gone into exactly what Reed Richards' body can do. <laughs> Like he could braid his fingers. <laughs> okay, that's a new one. Yep. I like that's that's relevatory. Like three fingers and two of them are braids. Mm-hmm. He would look like a weird nightcrawler. I mean, theoretically, he could braid any part of himself. Yeah, he could just start like braiding like bits of his leg. Man, gross. Oh, I was just thinking, I would just do that all the time, like out of just like nervous energy. <laughs> I think you would. You would probably just. Because your nervous energy thing is uh, is scratching the back of your head. Uh huh. I feel like you would just like start like like pulling at bits of you. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> I mean, so, well. so what was your coolest moment? I think it was at the start of issue four or five. That's not very descriptive, but it's this panning shot of the Earth's orbit, and you see, um. The like the sword members like stuck out in space. Oh, in the and then little... you see the sentry flying away. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it like gets like closer to the Earth. Yeah, it, I thought it was super cool. The 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 like bubbles in space, super neat. I thought that, that was, was that was comic booky and totally fun. I've never seen that before. I I loved it. Yeah, it's like. That's the stuff where I'm like, yes, like I'm reading, I'm reading a, I'm reading a superhero comic mm-hmm. book and they just have some weird sci-fi crap. That's exactly what yeah, I want. It's like spaceship airbags. Yeah. It's, I love it. It's super great. All right. What about a silly villainy? This, the seventies hero plan <laughs> where like Luke Cage comes out and says sweet Christmas and other Luke Cage also says sweet Christmas. And like, <laughs> like their plan is like, you, you, you've been scrolls the entire time. We 
grabbed the ship and we were never scrawls. It like lasted one one corpse, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like a T-Rex ate one of them and they're like, yeah, I guess they're all scrawls. <laughs> Except for Mockingbird, maybe. Right. I mean, I know, but as far as in the story, we do not know if she is a scroll or not. Because Clint does that like like mm-hmm. October twelfth. Yes. And uh which like, boy, that doesn't seem like something a scroll would know, but you never know. Right. Uh, my silly villainy, uh, I gave to, um, Scroll Jess, our, our queen. Uh, just, I just felt like the seduction was real silly. It was like, very silly. And Tony was like, what? Oh, no, I'm being snitched. <laughs> it was, it was kind of goofy. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't cringy, but it was like silly to me. It was, that's just what it was. Right. Whereas when I was 20, I was like, whoa, this is scary and kind of hot. That's because I was a really goofy 20-year-old. All right. What about um, which which moment of from these four issues would be most enhanced by a musical number? What Uh, do we give the key of C accolade to? I actually wanted to give it to Spider-Woman and Tony. I thought that we could do a fun, like, whatever Lola wants, Lola gets sort of deal. Ooh, I like it. I yeah, like it. Uh-huh. Um, I gave mine uh, to Hawkeye and uh, Mockingbird. Oh, that I, would be a sweet reunion. Yeah, a sweet reunion. Little little duet about October twelfth, and yeah, I like it. Yeah, sometimes Bendis can have these little moments of like intense emotion. Mm-hmm. I feel like I like him better than a lot of people. Um, he has, he has his, uh, his, his follies, but sometimes he can just come up with some good stuff. October 12th would have been a great day. Mm-hmm. It's very sad. Hit me right in the mom feels. Yep. Darn it, Bendis. He got, he got, he got me. He this got was designed him. specifically for me. He knew. In 2008, <laughs> this would affect you. <laughs> I do also love the 70s outfits, though. I know that, that has nothing to do with the key of C, but I was just thinking about Mockingbird's outfit. I th- I still think it's cool. Okay, I'm going to sound real dumb here. Uh-huh. The only one that I realized that was, like, 70s was Luke Cage. I was like, why do they have this... Why do they have this old Luke Cage with all these, like, modern superheroes? I don't get it. <laughs> I'm trying to, I mean, most of them, like, I feel like we're almost just different color schemes. Like, I was like, they look slightly different. Not really changed very much. Right. Luke Luke Cage is the big one because, I mean, he went from kind of wearing a, like, he just doesn't wear a costume anymore. He's just like, he's just like a guy hanging out. Right. Um, but yes, the, his, his was definitely the, the most obvious. (laughs) I think, the Wolverine, I think, had, like, the different, like, the 70s coloring. Mm. It was, I mean, it was just kind of a fun shot, though. Like, I like superhero group shots. I'm, to me, I just saw it, and I'm like, these are slightly different flavors of costumes. This is, like, the Player 2 version of these of these folks. Right. But to me, like, it didn't, it didn't date them, because I don't think I had that context. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember if any of the other ones... Oh. Emma Frost is in here with her 70s outfit. It's weird because plenty of the 70s outfits are like... This seems like something anybody could have put her in at any time. Right. Like <laughs> the cap one is... The Hawkeye one is like very classic Hawkeye. Um, the Jean Grey one is when she... Her, like her Phoenix outfit. So right. supposed to date it. 
Oh, okay, yeah. Scarlet no, I Witch guess looks I should. Like Scarlet Witch. Um, they put in Jessica Jones, who went. They retconned her as an earlier superhero named Jewel. This oh, is, this oh. is her with the pink hair. <gasps> okay, yeah, I know. I know Jewel. I know that costume. Okay, I have not read it. I have just seen it and been like, oh. That's a choice. I mean, it's it's supposed to be that. It's like in the context, it's supposed to read as kind of cringy, mm-hmm. um, and everything. I mean, her superhero name is Jewel, also written by Bendis. He has some real pet characters. Mm. Well, I'm excited to see how this this turns out. I'm excited that I'm reading like like your first love. Yeah, my first comic. Uh-huh. I like I said, there it is. It, it like it it has lots of problems. It moves super slow. It is like I don't know if it's if it's like treading any particularly new ground i think the cool thing about it is the is the who is the who's who mm-hmm. the like the ending is i'm just gonna gonna spoil that the ending kind of is like totally fine I, it's it's it, but this is kind of hey, like if the ending doesn't like really like tick me off or like underwhelm me i think we're doing all right is am i gonna be underwhelmed no it sets up a status quo where i feel like you would want to keep reading okay and I actually, okay i, I actually feel like that. that was like the coolest thing about it Okay. Was that it, it It sets up a status quo. But it does some things that are... Eh. Um, I think the coloring rules. I don't know. It's, it's like... is This is the same era as some of the coloring you hate. Like... Oh. This yeah. came around not... The sticky. The sticky look. Yeah. <laughs> or just like or like the washed out or like dark right. look. And this one was like bright. L- yeah. Laura Martin does really good colors, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just want to, I just want to shout her out because I think, I think she does a particularly good job. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, friends, next time there will be more secret invasion. Mm-hmm. It'll be even more secret. More secret. Too secret to invasion. But you know what's not a secret? Oh my gosh. <laughs> How you can get in touch with us. You can follow us at Twitter or on Facebook at Chris's Pod. You can email us for those longer form messages on Chris's on Infinite Earths at gmail.com. And uh, please rate and review us on iTunes um, or wherever you get your podcasts. We love to shout out reviews on the show. Yeah. And um, if you want to check out some of the work that we've done, we write all the time at uh, Xavier Files, where I edit and write and Christy writes. Mm hmm. I think we've we've put up some really cool content recently. I put up an incredibly emotional article about my fear of climate change and related it to X-Men. <laughs> Readers, I cried. And yes, I'm married to him, but it was also very touching. Yeah. We, uh, we, are we expanding our coverage all the time? And I'm just really proud of the work we do. Mm-hmm. And of course, in our show notes, you can always check out our link to our uh, Patreon or our Ko-fi. You can support us monetarily if that is an option for you. Um, but regardless we're happy you're here tell yeah. a friend you like the show share 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 us recommend us in those random threads where they're like give me a comic book podcast because everybody knows about iFanboy. you don't need to tell them oh i'm kidding but iFanboy is wildly popular compared to us i don't know what it is oh it's a weekly review show i think okay yep fun <laughs> All right. Thank you, readers. And until next time. Slay your enemies and all you desire shall be yours.
However, double spider agent Spider Woman. <laughs> double spider agent. That was great. <laughs> I didn't even realize what I said until you. You were probably like, "Why is he laughing?" <laughs> I was, I was going to keep on going. <laughs> 